Section 24 of Folklore and Legends Oriental. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Folklore and Legends Oriental by Charles John Tibbets. The Perfidious Vizier. A king of former times had an only son whom he had contracted in marriage to the daughter of another king. But the damsel, who was endowed with great beauty, had a cousin who had sought her in marriage, and had been rejected. Wherefore he sent great presents to the vizier of the king just mentioned, requesting him to employ some stratagem by which to destroy his master's son, and to induce him to relinquish the damsel. The vizier consented. Then the father of the damsel sent to the king's son, invited him to come and introduce himself to his daughter, to take her as his wife, and the father of the young man sent him with the treacherous vizier, attended by a thousand horsemen, and provided with rich presents. When they were proceeding over the desert, the vizier remembered that there was near unto them a spring of water called Ez-Sarah, and that whoever drank of it, if he were a man, became a woman. He therefore ordered the troops to alight near it, and introduced the prince to go thither with them. When they arrived at the spring, the king's son dismounted from his courser, and washed his hands and drank. And lo, he became a woman, whereupon he cried out and wept until he fainted. The vizier asked him what had befallen him, so the young man informed him. And on hearing his words, the vizier affected to be grieved for him, and wept. The king's son then sent the vizier back to his father to inform him of this event, determining not to proceed nor to return until his affliction should be removed from him or until he should die. He remained by the fountain during a period of three days and nights, neither eating nor drinking, and on the fourth night there came to him a horseman with a crown upon his head, appearing like one of the sons of the king's. This horseman said to him, Who brought you, O young man, unto this place? So the young man told him his story. And when the horseman heard it, he pitied him and said to him, The vizier of thy father is the person who hath thrown thee into this calamity. For no one of mankind knoweth of this spring excepting one man. Then the horseman ordered him to mount with him. He therefore mounted, and the horseman said to him, Come with me to my abode, for thou art my guest this night. The man replied, Inform me who thou art before I go with thee. And the horseman said, I am the son of a king of the jinn, and thou art son of a king of mankind. And now be of good heart and cheerful eye on account of that which shall dispel thine anxiety and thy grief for it is unto me easy. So the young man proceeded with him from the commencement of the day, forsaking his troops and soldiers, whom the vizier had left at their halting place, and ceased not to travel on with his conductor until midnight, when the son of the king of Jinn said to him, Knowest thou what space we have traversed during this period? The young man answered him, I know not. The son of the king of the Jinn said, we have traversed space of a year's journey to him who travelleth with diligence. 
so the young man wondered thereat and asked how shall i return to my family the other answered this is not thine affair it is my affair and when thou shalt have recovered from thy misfortune thou shalt return to thy family in less time than the twinkling of an eye for to accomplish that will be to me easy the young man on hearing these words from the genie almost flew with excessive delight he thought that the event was a result of confused dreams and said extolled be the perfection of him who is able to restore the wretched and render him prosperous they ceased not to proceed until morning when they arrived at a verdant bright land with tall trees and warbling birds and gardens of surpassing beauty and fair palaces and thereupon the son of the king of the jinn alighted from his courser commanding the young man also to dismount he therefore dismounted and the genie took him by the hand and they entered into one of the palaces where the young man beheld an exalted king and a sultan of great dignity and he remained with them that day eating and drinking until the approach of night then the son of the king of the jinn arose and mounted with him and they went forth and proceeded during the night with diligence until morning and lo they came to a black land not inhabited abounding with black rocks and stones as though it were a part of hell whereupon the son of the king of men said to the genie what is the name of this land and he answered it is called the dusky land and belongeth to one of the kings of the jinn whose name is sulu jenahien none of the kings can attack him nor doth any one enter his territory unless by his permission so stop in thy place while i ask his permission accordingly the young man stopped and the jinn was absent from him for a while and then returned to him and they ceased not to proceed until they came to a spring flowing from black mountains the genie said to the young man alight he therefore alighted from his courser and the genie said to him drink of this spring the young prince drank of it and immediately became again a man as he was at first by the power of god whose name be exalted whereat he rejoiced with great joy not to be exceeded and he said to the jinn ho oh, my brother what is the name of this spring the jinnee answered it is called the spring of the women no woman drinketh of it but she becometh a man therefore praise god and thank him for thy restoration and mount thy courser so the king's son prostrated himself thanking god whose name be exalted then he mounted and they journeyed with diligence during the rest of the day until they had returned to the land of the genie and the young man passed the night in his abode in the most comfortable manner after which they ate and drank until the next night when the son of the king of the jinn said to him dost thou desire to return to thy family this night the young man answered yes so the son of the king of the jinn called one of his father's slaves whose name was rajis and said to him take this young man hence and carry him upon thy shoulders and let not the dawn overtake him before he is with his father-in-law 
and his wife. The slave replied, I hear and obey, and with feelings of love and honor will do it. Then the slave absented himself for a while, and approached in the form of an effete. And when the young man saw him, his reason fled, and he was stupefied. But the son of the king of the jinn said to him, No harm shall befall thee. Mount thy courser, ascend upon his shoulders. The young man then mounted upon the slave's shoulders, and the son of the king of the jinn said to him, Close thine eyes. So he closed his eyes, and the slave flew with him between heaven and earth, and ceased not to fly along with him while the young man was unconscious, and the last third of the night came not before he was on the top of the palace of his father-in-law. Then the Ifrit said to him, Alight! He therefore alighted, and the Ifrit said to him, Open thine eyes, for this is the place of thy father-in-law and his daughter. Then he left him and departed. And as soon as the day shone and the alarm of the young man subsided, he descended from the roof of the palace. And when his father-in-law beheld him, he rose to him and met him, wondering at seeing him descend from the top of the palace, and said to him, We see other men come through the doors, but thou comest down from the sky. The young man replied, What God, whose perfection be extolled, and whose name be exalted, desired hath happened and when the sun rose his father-in-law ordered his vizier to prepare great banquets and the wedding was celebrated the young man remained there two months and then departed with his wife to the city of his father but as to the cousin of the damsel he perished by reason of his jealousy and envy end of section twenty four end of folklore and legends oriental by Charles John Tibbets.